Hi, it's Tyler with Hear Me Pod, a podcast about music, the tools we use, and the intentionality behind our actions. Join me each week as I connect with people in the music and tech worlds to uncover the best ways to get shit done. Welcome back to Hear Me Pod with part two with my interview with Tom Kramer, where he talks about his new career and what he's been doing lately. I want to ask you about a favorite tool you like to use, Tom. Like whether I know it's not the drumstick as much anymore, <laughs> but maybe it's your phone. I know your your career has kind of taken a different turn lately. Yeah, I'm definitely. Well, I'm doing real estate now, so yeah, man. As of like the last few years, um, favorite tool, I probably I'd have to say my iMac now. I mean, that's my most productive. Thing. I mean, we have s- specific software we use, you know, different two or three different types of things that we use to to deal with the business I'm in, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a different different vibe than music. But, you know, I was thinking about that because I thought you might ask me. Yeah. And I thought, what's the difference or what? And, and the one thing I came to was the similarity. Yeah. And the similarity is the satisfaction at the end. Yeah. Like when I would be drumming, especially playing swing. Yeah. Like when the nouveau swing thing was going all these flashes into my head because I played that so much. You know, if we're playing um God, I don't even know, you can name almost any swing tune, but we're we're cruising along playing A train or something, and I look out and I see people at their tables tapping their feet, nodding their heads, you know, right. whatever with what I'm doing. Right. You know, that's that's a big part of the satisfaction of yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Because then you know you're doing your job. You know they're listening. Right? Yeah. They're like, and you know they're feeling. Yeah. And that's when you really know you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. So I get that from music. In real estate, when I get to the point where I hand somebody a key and they open the door and they walk in for the first time and they know it's theirs. Yeah. And then they turn around and look at me. It's just this thing, you know. That's cool, dude. And, and to know that you helped somebody and you made somebody's life better. Yeah. It's the same thing. It just takes longer to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's cool, man. It's, it's, it's so similar, but it's different, but so similar at the same time. Yeah. Cause it's still the vibe about trying to do the right thing for somebody and trying to, trying to, uh, uh, move somebody to the next level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like even playing music, you know, sometimes you'd be on a gig and, and you, you're the worst guy in the band, <laughs> you know, and, and it's the best position to be in right. because you're, you have to learn so fast. Right. And if you're playing with the right people and typically in that situation, you are, you know, at right. least the level we, we kind of got to and you, you elevate, you just naturally start to elevate yourself because you've got, you have to, you know, and if you can't, you won't be there the next day or, or a week later or whatever. But then when you're on the other side of it and you've got somebody that's just kind of younger guy, younger cat or something, that's just kind of getting into it and they know what they're doing, but they're not great, you know, and you're kind of pulling them along a little bit and you're advising them and you're saying, Hey man, on this tune, do this. Yeah. You know, and then you, all of a sudden they're better. Yeah. You know, it's that same satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, it's that's it's more the similarity, but but as far as tool, definitely the iMac, you know, because I track like like if you call me and say, you know, like you called me a, a month or so ago and said, Hey, there's a lot down the street that has a, a sign in the yard. Yeah. How much is it? Yeah. How can I get it? You know, all that kind of stuff. And I have other friends, you know, and, and now clients, because I've been doing it three years, that call me out of the blue and say, hey, man, what's my house worth right now? Right. You know, those kind of things. Without that tool, without that iMac and that software, I would be completely lost. Yeah. I mean, realtors used to have to look this stuff up in like catalogs that would be printed every week. Yeah. You know, so I can't imagine you're just doing that. You're you know? tracking all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Do you? Ha- so do you have the like the colored iMac, the new the new M1? I do, yeah. Yeah. What color did you get? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm boring. I got the silver. Got the silver. Yeah. That'll be good, though, if you ever want to resell it, maybe. Yeah. I looked more... at all the other colors, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's kind of schoolish to me, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not in school anymore. Yeah. I'm a full-grown man. You're a man, man. I'm a man, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, full-grown man, so I got that silver one. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I hear they're great. I looked at all those other colors and I was just like, guys, none of them did it for me. So silver works. Yeah. <laughs> but the M1 chip is amazing, man. It, that thing flies. Yeah, I can't wait to get it. I, I've got a t- 2019 MacBook Pro that I'm using and the fans kick on. That It, it does well with, with Logic. That's what we're running here yeah. for this. But if I run something, even like a Zoom meeting, the fans will kick on and then it's like, sorry, guys, I got to let it cool off and if i'm recording oh, it's a real drag but yeah the m1s are getting all the all the great hype yeah it's i mean it's i've only had it for a few months but i was a windows person forever yeah because i wasn't enlightened <laughs> but, and, and debbie the... you know debbie my my wife more or less yes debbie uh debbie has been bugging me for years go Apple, go to Apple, go to Apple. And I keep yeah. saying, I don't understand it. I don't understand. She says, but it's easier. It's easier. And I just never wanted to, I always looked at it and thought that's, that's too different. You yeah. Know? But now, now I, a friend of mine had a, you know, had an iMac doing real estate and I, I watched, I played with his a little bit and I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> you know, I got to spend the money. It's, so that's exactly what I was going to just yeah, say. I got to spend the money. Expensive. So do it. And yeah. It was, what did I pay for it? Like 2400 or something? Yeah. You know, for a brand new one. So. Yeah. But they last a long time. And, and Oh, yeah. yeah. They run forever. And you're an iPhone guy too, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And the integration is amazing. That's, yeah. And I, I use, a, I also use an iPad Pro for a lot of things. Uh-huh. You know, because we do, in real estate, we do a lot of video. Yeah. Like you list somebody's house, you know, you have the, I don't take the pictures. Yeah. I'm not one of those guys. You see a lot of those online where... Somebody walks around with their cell phone and you see them in the bathroom mirror, you know, <laughs> in the pictures. <laughs> I try not to be that guy. The thumbs over the lens. So, and... Yeah. So we actually hire somebody to do that. That's a professional to do that stuff. That's cool. So uh, I don't I don't get involved in that. But we do some of the editing on the, when we post a video and that kind of stuff. So That's cool. You're really tenacious with this stuff. I, I remember like you were starting to like before COVID, you were starting to like break and get some really cool leading stuff and then COVID hit shut everything down oh yeah i was like man just (laughs) well it's it was weird with COVID because it it slowed things down but it didn't yeah i personally stopped yeah just because i'm i'm a little older and i was a little bit afraid honestly of what's this thing gonna do yeah (laughs) 
That's legit. You know, and and I had yeah, and I finally I had been working really hard at it, and I finally had some things in escrow, which basically means uh, contracts are signed. Yeah. But those can still end, you know. And the one thing in real estate is nothing is final until it's final. Right. There's like a sure. there's like a window of time once the escrow. Yeah. There's like a thirty day, and 30, it's split up by yeah. you know, did did the inspection go okay, and does your buyer still want it? Right. After that, you know, or or can we negotiate repairs or not? And if if the seller doesn't want to repair it, and the buyer then says, well, if you're not going to fix it, I don't want it. It can fall apart there. Right. It can it cannot reach meet the appraisal for the loan from the lender and it can fall apart there. So, so many things all the way through. Absolutely. So after working and working and working, I finally, cause it, it's, it's a process. I finally had uh, these two really good guys, good older guys in, in Vegas that they were selling their house and they were, they were buying this condo in a specific place they wanted to be. And both were in escrow and then COVID hit and the buyers on their house got laid off. Oh, so they had to cancel, Damn. which caused the, you know, the avalanche. The other one had to cancel. And this happened to most realtors, right. you know, at first in that March and April period. Yeah. But the business actually kept going through and some people worked all the way through it. I just didn't feel comfortable. So I took some time off Yeah. in there, you know, but now it's full speed ahead again. So that's good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, put the mask on and go. Yeah, man. <laughs> Pretty much. Seller's market. <clears throat> yeah, and that's crazy. crazy too. That's crazy too. Yeah. But interest it's a, it's a weird market because totally seller's advantage because of lack of inventory. Mm-hmm. So you get some bidding wars and that kind of stuff. It's starting to soften a little. Yeah. Now, finally. But at the same time that it's a seller's market, the interest rates are still like like I looked yesterday or day before it was 2.88. Wow. So the That's interest great. rates on a mortgage are still below three for a 30 year, right? Yeah. So so that's definitely an advantage for a buyer. So That's awesome. So it's kind of like everybody's in right now, you know? Yeah. It's good for everybody. Although although a lot of the buyers get upset because what do you mean I had to I've had to make 20 offers and I still don't have anything and <laughs> you have to kind of just tell them, "Well, yeah." Yeah. <laughs> You have to be patient. That's just the way it is right now. It's just, yeah. You know, you're not going to get, every time you see something you love, you're not necessarily going to get that. Yeah. We're going to try. And, you know, I know I know now from having done this for a while and from working with people that are a lot more experienced than I am, than, than, that I'm on, te- on a team with, that uh, I know some tricks you can do, some not, not anything unethical, but things you can do in how you write the contracts and that kind of stuff where you're a lot more likely to get accepted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I won't disclose those publicly here, but it, it's it's <laughs> massages, right? Tom Tom yeah, offers that's, that's it. That's it. It's yeah, ten, ten free massages. That's that's it. That's the it's on contract. <laughs> no, it, it, there are little things, you know, like 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 a lot of sellers will ask for what we call a lease back because they they have to their house their next house isn't going to be ready for another thirty days, right? You know, after you're supposed to close, so they'll say, well, we're going to need up to forty five days lease back. Okay. So what they typically do then is they'll lease it back and they'll pay your your buyer that's going to then be the owner of the house. They'll pay them the first month mortgage. They'll basically pay it for them. It's that kind of thing. Oh, okay. But if you go in now in this market yeah, and you say, yeah, you know what? We'll give you a free lease back. Hmm. We won't charge you for that 30 or that 45 days. That's cool. They that makes your offer stand out like crazy. That's just one thing. There's like ten or twenty of these, you know. Wow. Different things you can do. Yeah. But that's one thing that 
a lot of realtors just don't think about it for some reason. Huh. And it's so it's such a simple thing. And most buyers are okay with it, you know, yeah. unless they're in a hurry, then they can't. Then you just have to say if something says they're going to ask for a lease back, you just don't even put an offer on it. Yeah. But if you're in that situation, your buyers are cooperative, you know, you can you can work stuff out. That's so cool. I've been pretty lucky. I mean, the most offers I've had to put for somebody this year is I think five. Wow. Huh. Which is really, I mean, it's it's part skill, but it's also part luck, you know? Yeah. And it's also finding, you know, getting them to the right home, you know? Yeah. Where, where you know they have a realistic chance. Yeah. As opposed to showing them a million things that there's no way they're ever going to get them. Right. You know, so why waste their time? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, and then, like I said, at the end, you get that satisfaction of, you know, I had one, I had one like a month ago where guys in the air force and he's stationed in Florida and he's getting transferred to Creech for four years. He's a Lieutenant, right? Yeah. But younger guy, but a Lieutenant. And so he didn't really have much time to talk to me or deal with me or look and all that. Plus he's still in Florida. His mom and dad are in Michigan. So his dad's calling me all the time and saying, Hey Tom, go look at this one. Yeah. Tell me what you think. You know, and I'm sending him all these listings from here. Mm -hmm. Go look at this one. I probably looked at about 10, 10 for him. And we made offers on two. And the first one I told him, I said, the one, the bathroom looks like it has some, had some water damage. And I took pictures of it with my cell phone, sent it to him. And they said, well, let's, his dad says, well, I can fix it. Let's just go ahead. So I write the offer. And then the son the next day calls me and says, yeah, I want to cancel that. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. And I said, good, I'm glad. Yeah, you know, good. And then so, but then I end up finding them this place and they didn't even, they didn't even come down and see it. Yeah. We negotiated the deal, saved them, I forget, like $5,000 on it, which was pretty good in this market. Yeah. And uh, eventually, so, so the deal closed and all that stuff, they signed with, with a notary in Florida, the son did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mom and dad came down about a month ago, about two. I had the keys to the house for two weeks and would check on it every once in a while. Mom and dad came down to clean the place up, make it nice. Yeah. And then the son just got here about a week ago and, and uh, actually just emailed him yesterday. And he replied and said, man, this house is great. That's great. I love it. You know? Wow. And, but even when I, when I went to meet the parents at the door and give them the key, Open, well, saw the dad open the door, you know, and the mom walked in and they both just turned around and looked at me and had these big grins on their faces. And the, the dad was just like, I can't thank you enough. That's you know? great. And that was such a huge feeling of accomplishment. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and the grateful side of it, you know, of like, man, I really like doing this. You That's know, cool. Well, didn't you, you told me there was a really high statistic of people that, that back out. Oh, yeah. Was it's it, it's was uh, it in the first two years, it's uh, I think it's between 80 and 90% Holy cow. of people that get a real estate license. Within the first two years, they quit. They just like get all the way out. Yeah. That's... And, and it's, 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 it's a struggle because it takes so long to start. Right. You know, you have to have some backup or, you know, you have to have somebody in the house with an income that can support you for a little while. Yeah. Or you have to have some savings or you have to have your, you know, your unemployment from your last job as I did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from getting laid off mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And so you, you almost have to have that kind of thing or you just have to have, you have to have enough money to survive for six months to a year. Yeah. It's realistic. And a lot of people don't know that and they don't understand that. And then they come in 
and they all you know they've been at it for three weeks and they're like why haven't i sold anything yeah yeah <laughs> it's like uh-uh wow <laughs> and then even once you do you know once you get a deal accepted then you know you're in for another 30 to 45 days typically yeah you know before you before you see any cash any payment uh, for it yeah it's it's a lot of emotion so and it's a it's an emotional roller coaster 100 mm-hmm. percent because you have those you know like like i had one in escrow recently and and the lady was great she's fantastic this client i had who now lives in a, a really nice town home in henderson cool um but the first place that she wanted to, we, I went and showed her a few places. The first place she wanted to put an offer on, we did. Offer got accepted. She paid a few hundred bucks for an inspection. The inspector came in and it came back and it was eight or nine things, you know, that could be repaired. Sure, sure. But she, she had never, uh, she had been living in a family home that her family owned since she was a kid. So, and she's, uh, you know. So, so she comes from that scenario. She had never bought a house before other than the family house. Yeah. And so she wasn't used to the inspection thing. She called me and she said, this is awful. I want to cancel. And I said, well, these are things that can be repaired, but are you sure? Cause we'll do whatever you want to do. She said, yes, cancel. Wow. You know, so, so we do that. And, and so you, that's when you get to the point where you're like, great. I found her a great house. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden they say no. And then, and then you kind of go, oh. Damn. I thought I had the right one, you know? Yeah. But then you get back on the horse, like the expression would be, and you go to the next thing and, and you know, things work out. It was just too many things on that, on that list with the inspection. Yeah, it was just too many things. Yeah. And, and some of them I would, you know, wonder about. Right. You know, but and then once you've done this for a while, you, you see enough of those exp- inspections. Yeah. There's certain things you see on almost every inspection report. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, like a two-story, you almost always see, uh, here's good information for the general public. <laughs> you almost always see there's a leak, a small leak dripping from the upstairs bathroom into the ceiling, you know, or in, inside the wall yeah. up above. And it's it's almost always like a bathtub drain thing. Mm-hmm. And it's super easy, I guess, for a plumber to fix, costs a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's not a, an epic disaster, you know? Yeah. But those kind of things, you know, they're really not up to us. They're up to the buyer. So yeah. all you can do is say, here's the inspection report. Here it is. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. If they say no, then it's a no. Uh, I remember buying this house where you know, <coughs> my house is a 1960 home and it had it needed a lot of repairs. And I remember just one little thing that the old crappy stovetop went missing before the oh that happens yeah yeah and i was so pissed because there was some other stuff that was flaky and I, it was like okay i was going to replace it anyways i was yeah it's just somebody being ultra cheap but yeah. the principle of it yeah, yeah. yeah. and i was so pissed and i was like and dean was like just calm down go for uh, yeah, a walk you were probably ready to cancel i was right? ready to cancel over a, a 50 dollar, not even worth 50 dollar broken stove it happens, it happens. i mean they tell us they tell us you know when yeah. we're doing these offers we have to list in the offer all the appliances, even if they say on the on the MLS on the listing, these things are included: the refrigerator, the the stove, the whatever, the washer dryer. Right. You write on the offer, you know, additional even. items. You write those, list those things, and say as per MLS on this date. And and it's even a good idea to say this is the kind of refrigerator it is, and yeah. it's a side by side, and it's you know. Yeah. And some people go as far as like writing down the model number wow. on, on the offer. 
Yeah. Because they'll there are people that will switch it out. They'll take out that stainless steel double side by side with a giant freezer and they'll put in a little a mana three hundred dollar thing they got at Best Buy or whatever in the in the cheap corner, you know? Right, right. So every detail. Yeah, but that's what that's what we get paid for. Yeah. Really is to to make sure that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. And if it does to to negotiate our way out of it. Or right. a buyer's way into it, more or less. That's cool. Seller's way out or buyer's way in. You know? Buyer's way in, yeah. Well, it's cool. I mean, you really love this stuff, and it's... I, I enjoy it. You know, it's a roller coaster, and that's that's a little bit hard at times. Yeah. But, but the satisfaction at the end... And, and you know, I, I thought... I, I'll be honest. I thought coming in... Yeah. Man, it's going to be great. Like, you sell something, and you make however many thousand dollars on a sale. Yeah. You all look, that stuff. That's nothing. Yeah. That really... I mean, it's there. Yeah. And you have to have it because you have to survive. And, and it's expensive to do this, you know. Sure. I pay, I pay a brokerage a monthly fee. I pay uh, a percentage of everything I sell to a, to a, to my team leader who helps me immensely, and it's so worth it. Yeah. Uh, I, pay for, I pay Google for advertising. I pay... Uh, so <clears throat> you pay you pay to belong to the Realtors Association so you can get access to all those listings. Wow. You pay to have access to the lock boxes that are on the houses that are for sale. It's like it's just one thing after another. So and a lot of this is monthly stuff. Right. So the expenses it's like any business, you know. Yeah. You have business expenses so you have to make x amount. Yeah. You have to make x amount just to break even and and to you know yeah. Just to be able to do it. And then you got all the mileage you put on your car all the time and all that stuff. So that those are the challenges I think that drive some people out of it because they don't think about that going in. Yeah. Or they don't, just don't understand that, you know, what do you mean I have to pay the, the association and the MLS and the and the lockbox people and all that stuff? What do you mean I have to spend like two, three thousand dollars a year to do this right without doing any advertising or get business cards or, or anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to have a website and you have to have, you know, all that stuff, man. And and it's your business. So you, you do it all. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I have a, I have a team, which is great. I have a team leader that advises me and an awesome broker that advises me if I have questions on a deal, right? Because every deal you run into something you've never seen before, even if you've been doing this for 20 years, of course. So, with all that though, you're still you're still kind of a one man band. Yeah, because the, it's not their business. You work with them, but you don't work for them. Right. So it's up to you to to keep your business going. You know. And we we went to the Aviators game. We were talking about some of this stuff. How there's there's a service for almost everything too. Oh, yeah. Like you you said, there's like a social media thing you subscribe to. Oh, there's yeah. There's different, and it's the same with podcasting. I mean, I'm not making. By the way, listeners, Tom is not paying me to to talk about this no. stuff and, and we're just really good friends <laughs> and, and Tyler's not paying me to be here <laughs> although he should I should I know <laughs> but he is actually like this about anything that he's into or he wants to learn about you he's very sincere and it's it's I highly recommend calling him because he's it's 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 worth your time and, and he'll help you out with this stuff but I was, I, it just reminds me of the podcast thing. Cause I'm just paying for a website. I'm paying for my oh, yeah. hosting. I'm paying. And you don't, you don't realize going in and I don't want to advertise yet. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you start selling like multi-million dollar condos, we'll, we'll put the Tom Kramer ad on here. I mean, I'd love if I had enough, 
if I had a, a circle of, you know, of 25,000 friends, you know, I wouldn't need to advertise. Exactly. You know, but I don't have 25,000 friends. Plus, on top of that, most of my friends got laid off when COVID hit. So right. <laughs> that didn't do my business any favors either, you know? <laughs> right, man. So, you know, yeah. And, and, and when you're starting in this, especially you need all the help you can get. So I start and then that happens. You know, I was like, Am oh, I doing the right thing? You know, right thing. but then now, you know, since everything's getting a little more back to normal gradually, yeah, I've had some things happen. So, so now I see the rewards, you know, that's cool, man. And it makes all the difference. It really does. That's great, man. Well, I was, I was going to ask you, so your, your computer's silver, but do you have a favorite color? Yeah. You're going to laugh because I've been listening to all your podcasts. I'm <laughs> a devoted follower already. Yay. And my favorite color is the same as yours, which I never knew. That's so cool. It's and orange. It's funny. We're, that's cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. We're both wearing... I heard, yeah. I heard you say that on one one of the podcasts with somebody and I was like, I didn't know that. That's so cool. That's crazy. I mean, since I was a small kid, yeah, it was always orange and I, I can't tell you why. I don't know. It's just a feeling, right? I guess, yeah. I get a feeling out of it. I was wearing my orange socks last night. Yeah, it's just a vibe, man. Oh, I have orange t-shirts. I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a sports guy, right? Yeah, you know that, of course. Yeah. Uh, so growing up, when we uh, we moved to Florida, I lived in the Midwest till I was 11 in South Dakota, in the middle of nowhere, and a place called Huron. If anybody might know where that is, I don't know. Uh, but then moved down to Florida, the Tampa area, and. First year I was getting ready to go to college is when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers started and their colors back then were, they had orange and white. Nice. So, but everybody called the orange like creamsicle because it was that little bit of a different orange. Yeah. A little lighter. But I was so excited when they came out with those colors. I was like, this is perfect. Dude. Life couldn't be better, you know? Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, and then the new Aviators thing has the orange in it, the orange and the gold or whatever color that is. Debbie will do my color correction when she hears this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Being a graphic designer. Yeah, she'll she give is. us. She'll probably send us the number, right? Yeah, the probably. Little, little probably. She'll show me on the little thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's always been orange, man. That's why we went to an Aviators game. That's our local baseball team, just so listeners know. And, and yeah, I, I was so excited to go to the gift shop with you. I'm like, I got to buy a hat because it's got orange on yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I'm not even like, I don't even follow all the games. And I never knew that was your favorite color. Yeah. All the all the talking we've done. I know. I mean, you know, sitting, drinking beers late at night and, and eating lunches and whatever. Holding hands in the park. Out. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's cool, man. Yeah, all that. And I never, I never, I guess we never mentioned or asked that question, so. It's a funny question, and I, I think I might have mentioned it on a podcast or two, but I had an old childhood Dr. Seuss book from, like, first grade, and it was, like, a fill-in-the-answer book. We oh, did, yeah. We did it in, like, elementary school, and, and one, one question was, what is your favorite color? And I'm just like, that's something adults don't ask each other anymore, you know? Yeah, so that's thought, true. Kind of a good icebreaker, too. Sometimes I start with that. Yeah. Um, but... I don't have a good reason though. That's that's so. okay, and that's okay. You know, <laughs> it's just, it was just there from the beginning. I think you know, <laughs> I still I still love orange. <laughs> that's great, um, great stuff, Tom. So moving forward, this is my last question for you. Sure, but uh, intentionality with your work, family, and real estate business. Uh, do you have a? Do you see yourself doing something different in two or three years or? Not not necessarily different, just more more of the same. But 
since I started doing this, my focus in it has changed. I kind of said that earlier, but yeah, yeah. You know, my initial focus was, was like, well, you know, I, I, maybe I can make enough money in five years to really retire comfortably and all that stuff. And my focus has kind of changed to helping people. That's cool. You know, which is, which, I mean, I, you know me, I'm, I'm always been a decent person. I'm not, I'm not mean to people, all that stuff. So yeah, my focus has always kind of been that a little bit, but it, I didn't realize how much it was going to feel like that in this, in this business I'm in now. Yeah. So that would, that would probably be the biggest thing is to keep that going. And hopefully I can make enough money to be somewhat comfortable and, and do that at the same time. Yeah. But I got to tell you my, my whole, during COVID, you know, I read a lot. I have a million books and I buy way more books than I have time to read, (laughs) but I picked up this book and I cannot remember the author's name. And even if I could, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it, but it's called the, the Buddha and the Badass. Oh yeah. I think you were telling me about that. Yeah. And, and reading that book led me, and I was kind of feeling my way through this business early on, you know? Yeah. And, and trying to figure out who am I and what do I want out of this and that kind of thing. Like the conclusion I've come to now is I want to help people. Yeah. So in that book, what it came to is it basically gave me my mission statement without saying it. It led me to that. Yeah. Really great book for anybody that's kind of looking for guidance into what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or how how can I improve myself, improve my life, whatever. It's just general. A lot of things. There's a lot of things in this book. But this one particular section really caught me. And so it came to this thing that you'll see on any kind of advertising I do. It's on my it's on my website, which, by the way, is thomaskramerrealtor.com. Very simple. We'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's honesty, compassion, and hard work, one deal at a time. Ooh, I like that. And and that book, The Buddha and the Badass, led me to that because I was trying to figure out how do I want to present myself because who am I really in this, you know? Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to be the guy that that says, oh, I'll list your house for 1%, but, but I'm going to be listing 100 houses. Right. So if you call me, I might not be available. Right. You know, or, or representing a buyer. A buyer calls me and says, well, I got, I'm showing 10 other people today. I don't have time for you. Yeah. I never want to be that person. I mean, that guy might make that guy might make down ten million dollars a year, but right. I don't want to be that guy. Right, right. I want to be the guy that you call on a Sunday at one o'clock and say, "Hey, can you be at this house in half an hour? Because I want to see it. I think I want to buy it." And he means one o'clock in the morning, guys. <laughs> never. Actually, we're not allowed to do that. So <laughs> that would be that wouldn't even just be if I wanted to, I couldn't do it. To be honest. I think I think we're allowed to go till like eight p.m. and then that all the lock lock boxes shut down. Oh, I actually didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, wow. They start at I believe eight a.m. and they shut down at eight p.m. Wow. And then certain places the the other agent will have notes for us. Huh. You know, agent to agent remarks that we get in our in our listings that you're not allowed to see. That's kind of. Uh, and they'll say you know no showings on Tuesdays or no showings between five and eight because they have kids or because the dogs are there or whatever yeah you know i kind of i mean we live in this 24-hour town and i kind of like little restrictions like that i mean even mcdonald's they went back to the 10 30 uh breakfast limitation yeah i well i think part of it in real estate too is i think maybe because of the danger of it a little bit yeah yeah you know because a lot of a lot of realtors work alone 
Yeah. So you're going out and, and you know, you have to be careful. Like I always try to meet people before I, I don't just show up at a place. Yeah. You know, when I don't know somebody, I'll say, Hey, come by my office or, or I'll at least try to talk to them on the phone a lot first. Yeah. Get to know them a little at bit. At least a couple of times on the phone to kind of get a feel for, okay, do I feel secure about this one or is, yeah. is this kind of, cause you'll get some that are, that are out there. You little, know, little we, we had a guy, uh, one of the guys on my team had a guy in California that was calling him and saying, Hey, yeah, can you go, uh, like FaceTime from this house? Can you go FaceTime me from this house and show it to me? And he was looking at, you know, five, $600,000 houses. So he's like, yeah, sure. Come wow. to find out when he goes to write the offer, the, the proof of funds the guy had submitted was fake. Oh crap. He printed it from like a sample that was online somewhere. And, and I, I, if I remember right, our agent found the sample that he printed what, <laughs> online. What? And what? the guy thought he was going to get, get approved based on that. Oh my gosh. I can't and then, and then deny it when he called, when he told him about it, when he said, Hey man, this I, proof of funds isn't going to work. The guy said, well, what do you mean? I can't said, believe well, it's fake. He said, no, it's not. Oh my gosh. You know, so the, so we have to, what I'm saying is they have those hours, I think, because they want us to be careful, you know? He wouldn't even gotten close to title then. No, or any, no. I mean, that's, but, just, I mean, uh, who knows, who knows what maybe, you know, maybe he was going to try to pull a loan and man thought they'd give him the check or something. I don't know. I don't know really what the deal was after that, but <sighs> you know, we run into stuff like that. This stuff is crazy, man. I had, I had a, I had a kid, the young guy that uh hopefully he won't ever listen to this <laughs> that uh his proof of funds with his grand was his grandmother's bank account wow and he uh, gave me the thing with the name cut off bank statement with no name i said well i gotta have a name on it and i never got it well jeez, <laughs> i can't send you that you know he didn't tell me that but wow and there went that one you know so oh man so you know you have to be careful and at least the lending has has gotten a lot more stable. I mean, lending is well, yeah. Like, th- I always get that people people all the time. Well, things are going to crash. No, they're not. That's exactly what. Yeah, gonna... they're they're just not because the lending rules are so far different. In two thousand eight, you could write on a piece of paper, "I make five hundred thousand a year," and hand it to certain lenders, and they would say, "Okay, okay, here's here's oh cool, here's five loans." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you can buy this $2 million house. You make that much? Sure. Yeah. But, you know, that's you're not going to do that now. That's something so, I, yeah, it's like there is that fear of the, of the bubble bursting. and, and Yeah, but that's why, just, you know, it's like with, with everything, and, and I, I won't do commentary on what's going on with COVID and, and all that stuff, but sure. but it's like with everything, man. Go Go to an expert. Yeah. You know? Don't try to do this stuff on your own. Mm-hmm. Go to somebody that's in it every day, you know, like we are in real estate, like I am, and and my team guys are, and all that stuff. Go to somebody that studies this all the time. It's my job, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you don't have time. You're you're playing music all the time. You don't have time to know what's going on with the real estate market. I know. I know. I love. I I'll send Tom like a little email. Hey, what's what's the deal with this house? I go. Oh yeah. Blah blah blah. The neighbors are like this. This house sold. This yeah. year, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. yeah. Here's what's going on in your neighborhood <laughs> that you would never know if you hadn't called me, right? You know, but a lot of people want to look at, at Zillow or whatever and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been following the market. Yeah, so that's not following the, the market. range is like fifty grand too. It's like so. Weird. Oh, it's crazy. It's, yeah, yeah. It's because 
they're not here, you know. No, no. We're here. Man. We're, we're in it every day, so. I should send you the, I listened to a podcast with the guy that created Zillow. That's like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely not into real estate. He's into software. <laughs> yeah, well that's, well, that's what it is, or, you know. And he's smart. I mean, that's he, how it started. No, those guys are brilliant. Brilliant guy, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's probably a billionaire now, so. Yeah, he's doing awesome. So. Yeah. Well, Tom, thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you. It was a blast. Yeah. Just like always. Cool, dude. Just another hang, right? I know. <laughs> we'll do it again for sure. Yeah. I'll bring I'll bring a real estate market update next time. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give do the official. Uh, here's here's what's going on in Las Vegas. Here's the here's the market follow up. Move over here, Tyler. <laughs> You're in the wrong neighborhood. Right. Move over here. <laughs> And that was part two with Tom Kramer. I would highly recommend him for any real estate needs, guys. He's a really great guy and works his butt off. He's the real deal. And I'm not just saying that. He did not pay me to say that either. All right. Thanks for tuning in and checking out the podcast. I will be bringing you more episodes with musicians, techie people, friends, family, maybe some enemies. I don't know. That could be interesting. All right, guys, have a great week. Bye.